at the end of the day, can you really rely on quick balls? Not all the time. You know what you can rely on all the time? Timer balls. The ball that gets better the worse you are. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. I don't know about you, but I'm mega amped for Mega Ampharos. This upcoming Johto week, Tyranitar gives the competition to SmackDown. A last-minute incense day sounds sheepishly electrifying. Who let the legendary dogs out? Niantic. It was Niantic. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 128. It's January 19th, yet another lovely and snowy Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How's it going? It's okay. It's Just okay. okay? Just, Just okay, okay today? On a scale of 1 to 25, <laughs> how would you rank it? <laughs> uh, Probably like a 12. That's like 50%. See, this time I was closer. <laughs> And that's not quite, it's a little bit under. I'm just trying to redeem myself. Okay, this is going to be great to listen back to in the edit. I'm like, already math, can't even get away from it, my goodness. <laughs> well, Mr. Kyle, uh, welcome to the show as always. I'm happy that we have another Tuesday evening to spend together. But before we actually get underway with the show proper, shout out to four brand new patrons, Big Bad Nemo, Aaron, Justin, and Debbie. Thank you oh so much to the four of you for your patronage and your support. We hope that you enjoy the Discord. Looking forward to getting to know you better in there. I think we already had a shark bait ooh-ah-ah yeah, uh, yeah. gift <laughs> joke by Cameron. <laughs> Shout out to Peter came over there. All righty. So, Mr. Kyle, we set some goals last week. And um, I'm curious if if you attained yours. And I need to, you know, take a look and evaluate mine, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll have you go first. You wanted to do 35 GBL battles total. No. What is going on over there? Why didn't that happen? I did 25. That's, that's close. That's that's all I got. How uh, far did you get? How many ranks you get? Uh, I'm seven. Rank seven. Nice. Okay. <laughs> all right. Still shooting for that frillish in the next like month or so? I mean, maybe. We'll see how that works out. It's the goal. You just got a battle. You just got a battle. It's so It'll slow. It, <laughs> I, it's hard to fit it in like wherever you go. You have to just set dedicated time to it. And I just don't like to do that. Yeah. Well, we can have an entire conversation about GBL in just a little bit here because boy, oh boy, did I go hard. Uh, but let's also talk about our Machop goals that we sent. Uh, 12 Machop. Did you at least get your shining goal of 12 Machop? I did. Excellent. Good work. 200,000 XL candy. That was Machop XL candy. I didn't. So oh, close. So no. close. How close were you? How 189. close was it? Oh, my gosh. 189? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That is, <laughs> that is tragically close. Uh, 400,000 Stardust. Yes, and I also promptly spent all of it. Nice. Uh, yeah. Spoken like a true Pokemon Go player. <laughs> What'd you spend it on? Uh, four Machamps. Four Machamps? Wow. I only spent mine just on one. Oh, well, I traded, so three of them were lucky. 
So okay, all right. And then the fourth was a fourteen, fourteen, fifteen shiny. So oh wow, that's really good. It, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Dang, I had no idea. Well, congratulations. <laughs> that's a two out of four for you, sir. Uh, I'll take that over a, a, a one or a zero any day. 30 Machop for myself. Yes, blew that out of the water. We'll talk specifics in the news section when we talk about the event in total. Level 45 eluded me once again, but I'd like to give you an update on my progress. I have finished everything except for the leaders. I finished all the rocket stops. I did like 30, 35 basically over the weekend. Did all the purifying I need to finish up. It's just the leaders. I'm at 27 out of 50. I'm getting there. Yeah, you want, you want to tell people how you've gotten there? Well, I bought 10 radars. I still have six of them left, and I've gone through 27. So before you try to diminish <laughs> my efforts here, a lot of that is still rather homegrown. Uh, <laughs> uh, 500,000 Stardust. Blew that out of the water. I got 500,000 alone. I'm a chop community day. Uh, we'll talk about that again also in the news section. Frillish. I got my Frillish. Ladies and gentlemen, he's done it. Nice. I got my Frillish. Yes. And not only did my Frillish get gotten, it's 15, 15, 13. Wow. Yeah, boy. That's nice. Put it away. And then almost maxed out Tyson, my 100% Machamp. He is what, 50 or 49 and a half, whatever the half level is before being maxed out. Mm-hmm. He's all ready to go. Very excited about nice. hitting max level, but not quite. Jeez. Just a little bit more patience there, Tyson. So four out of five, I'm thrilled with it. Thrilled with it. All right. Well, without further ado, we did just hint at it a little bit. Why don't we roll right into the news? What's going on? It's the news. All right. So Machop Community, how'd it go? Kyle, thoughts, feelings, hot takes, cold takes. Where's your head at? I'm pulling up my numbers right now. <laughs> it was fine. Like, I had a good time, although... Like always, playing by yourself is not the most enjoyable. So, yeah. And I had a tough time catching the Machops. I don't know why. It just, even with like excellent curve throws, like breaking out, I legitimately ran out of Pokeballs, which is why I stopped for the day. I only had like seven or 800 when I started, but that's including spinning stops while playing, obviously. Uh, the, the Stardust, though, it, it kept you out there. How long did you end up playing total? It did. It did. I definitely played more this community day than I have for the last like five. Sure. So sure. there's that. <laughs> but I mean, like, even if you're not excited about Machop as a as a pick, right, as a choice for community day, it's undeniable that it's worth getting a lot of because it, it, it's yeah, meta yeah. relevant. Yeah. So there is reason. There's always reason to be out for community day. Almost always. But OK, great. So you didn't you didn't calculate how many totals you got how many catches or anything like that uh not ex- not precisely i i caught around 500 give or take total shinies <laughs> total shinies was 20 20 Ooh, nice yeah. you only wanted to catch 12 what you what what who are you showing off for not gonna lie the last like six were from my go plus when i stopped to go get a haircut at the end of playing Oh, nice. And there must have just been spawns galore because oh, I checked afterwards. It was ridiculous. Like, oh, look, all the shines are just hanging out here, getting their, their hair did. Yep. Perfect. Okay, great. So uh, feedback, positive, good, bad. Yeah, nothing bad to say. Nothing bad right. to say. Heck yeah. I went really hard this community day. 
I went super duper hard. It's so much so that I actually calculated my totals, which I never do uh, because I never <laughs> think it's worthwhile doing. But I played the entire day front to back and basically was catching the entire time eh, besides a couple of, you know, driving my car different places to go to different places to play. Uh, I caught 781 a chop. I got 3070 candy. After transfer, 418 candy XL, 41 shinies, and 487 and some change, 1,000 Stardust. Wow. It was a very, very good community day for me. I had a great time. I didn't have any issues catching, but I was I was quick catching the entire time. I will admit to that. Um, I figured out how to do it finally on this phone because I couldn't <laughs> used to know how to do it. And then I got a new one. And like for some reason like my fingers were running into each other and I would always like just instead of swiping the berry menu over, it would grab the Pokeball. But I realized that if you hold the berry button on the side there, you can move your thumb anywhere you want on the screen and then swipe it over to the right after you throw the ball, regardless of where it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. I yeah. thought you had to do it at the bottom the whole time. Oh, no. But I also I also use the Pokeball one. So. Oh, OK. But. I just want to point out my little bit upset about the disparity of our XL candy. Okay. You got, you caught, you know, 250 to 300 more than me. Yeah. But, which is like 40% more catches, but you got more than double how much XL candy I got. I mean, but mine's from catching and from transferring. No, I, I transferred everything. I have nothing except for shinies and relevant machops in my inventory. Oh, my gosh. I transferred 475 of those. I don't know what to tell you. I think it's because the game knew you were talking so much smack before about the XL candy feature. They're like everybody else, a plethora. For Kyle, a pittance. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, I think uh, positive vibes all around. It was a good community day. I enjoyed it. Kyle, I'm glad to hear that you were motivated such to play, even though you were not thrilled about Machop. But, oh, well. And the relevancy of payback, well, that'll be talked about a little bit later in the PvP corner segment. Don't want to spoil that section for you, so look forward to that. All right, we got two actual new pieces of news this week. The first of which is Countdown's Pokemon Go Tour Kanto. Celebrate the Johto region with us is the name of the article. Trainers, today we're excited to announce that Johto will be the next region featured in our Countdown Celebration. Pokemon Go Tour Kanto is right around the corner. So when will Johto be? Well, predictably, it'll be next week, Tuesday, January 26th at 10 a.m. to Sunday, January 31st at 8 p.m. local time. Features include Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Totodile, Marie, Popip, Apom, Sunkern, Yamma, Murkrow, Clygar, Snubble, <sighs> Slugma, Miltank, and more will be appearing more frequently in the wild if you're extremely lucky you might encounter a shiny mill tank. Oh boy, shiny mill tank. The shiny looks pretty slick. Is navy. Yeah, yeah. Go, go cows. The following Pokemon will be hatching for five kilometer eggs. Pichu, Cleffa, Iglybuff, Wooper, Tyrogue, Smoochum, and Larvitar. Gotta get them shiny babies. Enjoy event-exclusive field research tasks that reward Stardust and lead to encounters the Pokemon such as Chikorita, Syngable, Totodile, Chinchou, Mareep, Sudowoodo, and Miltank. The following Pokemon will be appearing in raids at the one star level. Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Totodile, Mareep, Meryl, and Larvitar. Larvitar raids, everybody. At the three star level, Togetic, Espeon, Umbreon, Skarmory, and Miltank. 
and we'll get to five star in just a minute here, but complete the Johto themed collection challenge during the events by collecting Chikorita, Cinequil, Totodile, Sudowoodo, Sunkern, Murkrow, Smeargle, Miltank, and Larvitar to receive 15 Pokeballs, 10 Ultra Balls, and an Incense. Head on over to the Today View to track your progress, which you should be used to doing by now. Get Pokemon that know exclusive moves from 2018 Community Day events. Here we go. If you evolve the following Pokemon during the event, their evolution will know an exclusive attack. Evolve Bayleaf to get a Meganium that knows Frenzy Plan. Evolve Quillava to get a Typhlosion that knows Blast Burn. Sorry for Alligator fans, not happening this time apparently. But Evolve Flaffy to get an Ampharos that knows Dragon Pulse, which is very interesting given the next piece of news we'll get to in a little bit here. And Evolve Pupitar to get a Tyranitar that knows Smackdown. That's a big, big deal. How big of a deal? Well, big enough of a deal that we'll talk about it in a later section. How about that? In addition, here's where the tier five raids come in. Entei, Raikou, and Suicune will be appearing in five-star raids at different times during and after the Johto Celebration event. Entei will be appearing in five-star raids from Tuesday, January 26th to Sunday, January 31st. Raikou will be appearing in five-star raids from Sunday, January 31st to Thursday, February 4th, and Suicune will be appearing in five-star raids from Thursday, February 4th at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, February 9th at 10 a.m. local time. I love it when they use local time. It makes it so much cleaner. <laughs> love it. Well, cleaner for us, I guess. Probably not cleaner for them as they're rolling, you know, through every single hour around the globe, and that's probably got to be a messy nightmare. But it's appreciated from a user perspective. Now, note a lack in uh, the special research that gave us, you know, like a legendary with a special move like this, this one that's currently happening right now for Hoenn did uh, and all that jazz. So, Kyle, thoughts, feelings, reaction? How do you feel about Johto week? I think the returning community moves are exciting. That's kind of about it for me. Yeah. yeah. What, you're not going to be hunting for shiny babies and eggs? Who no, are you? Absolutely not. I thought I knew you. You apparently did not. No, not even close. It sounds like the opposite of what I would expect you to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I would have said, oh, man, I'm so excited for shiny babies. You'd been like, who are you? What have you done with Kyle? So, OK, I do have one question for you. And yeah. I don't want to talk about too much about this because I know we're going to talk about it in a future segment. But this we're not going to. Why the omission of Feraligator in Hydro Cannon? Well, this one is an easy answer because Feraligator was in 2019. But, okay, still. <laughs> still, though, like, I, I, it's maybe maybe it's because I want it to be complete. <laughs> I mean, you know? I'm, yes, it is. Why? Why no. not, though? I mean, it's they're, they're following the same rule, I guess, that they followed without. The Salamance. The Salamance was also in 2019, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it was already available during the December rerun that we had, you know, last month. Okay. That makes sense to me. I don't know. I just like if if I was if I was designing this event, I'd be like, no, it's not negotiable. I don't care if it doesn't make sense in the copy. It's got to be there. <laughs> I mean, you know I understand I mean? where you're coming from. Yeah. But I have another thing I want to bring up because I mentioned it to you earlier today. I'm of two minds about this community day moves being here in these events. 
All right. I don't particularly like the precedent that it sets because this is great that Tyranitar is back in like a significant way for people to get without having to worry about like a single day. But it it also takes away the reliability of what was the December day. Everyone knew that you could just say, all right, you're going to hold on to this until December. But now it's, I'm going to hold on to this until undisclosed time where they may or may not do another Johto event to get a SmackDown Tyranitar. Uh, I suppose so. I mean, they were pretty upfront about it, you know, in their copy before about, you know, the, the we referenced it all the time, the quote, some events in 2021, end quote, right? But yeah, that's that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, look, with this now two in a row, it's almost unthinkable that the Canto journey, the Canto tour is not going to have the starter with the community day moves. So we have that to look forward to. But what about somebody who starts this year in November? What do we tell them about SmackDown Tyranitar? Oh, wait, maybe there'll be events in 2022. Maybe. And that's kind of where the December day was really nice because it had that reliability that everybody could kind of fall back on. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely power in patterns, but I don't know. I think just like when I had the question about why wasn't this set of three starters complete and you had the answer ready that it was, you know, a 2019 thing. I mean, this upcoming December, will probably hopefully see 2020 and 2021 community moves. And then maybe we'll see 2019 moves rolled into events the year after in 2022. Right. But but like you're that establishes a worse pattern because then 2018 becomes obsolete. When does somebody get their next Meteor Mash Metagross if they don't get it this week during the whole? Never event? again. That's it. Uh, you know, obviously, we've played Pokemon Go long enough. We talked about this last week. Everything comes back. But the question is when? <laughs> and then when do they retire these legacy moves so they don't have to keep repeating content for longtime players? Well, okay, so... Follow-up question on that, then. Do you think it'd be wise for them to finally just introduce some of these old retired moves that have been exclusive for like four years into I, the regular TM pool? I think having appeared in events now, they really should, but they're not going to. I think they need to retire them from being legacy so that the game can focus on growth going forward instead of constantly having to go backwards for the new players because you don't want to leave the new players behind. Mm -hmm. So are we going to be revisiting legacy Tyranitar in three years when gen seven is out in the wild? That's just kind of exhausting. If it's not replaced in the top five, you know, rock DPS, right? Then sure. I, I would see it probably coming back as a specialty sort of choice, right? But if it gets replaced in the meta, then I would see no reason to bring it back. That would just be kind of like a, oh, this was really important back in the day. I mean, that that's an if situation. Tyranitar as a pseudo legendary is very unlikely to get replaced. But yeah, yeah. Unless things are reworked. So true. Well, I guess it's just something we're going to have to kind of keep an eye on because unfortunately they they're just pivoting or rather just showing their hand with yeah. probably what they intend with this. So, yeah, I think you're right calling out the potential turbulence that this could cause in the future, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I can't think of a smart way for them to do it other than introduce some of these moves into the pool permanently later. 
but then people will be a little bit upset about how it devalues them having it and things like that. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, when I, what I have to say to that is you had the value for five years. Yeah. At I would that agree. Point, basically. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I really hope we see something like that develop from this. And I hope we don't just see event exclusive moves be cycled into every event that comes out now. That's not appealing to me personally. That's true, but I, I think it's kind of a shame if they don't establish a way of uh, kind of elegantly handling these because I think exclusive moves for like community days and stuff like that is is cool content. It's really neat. But if we had an expectation that's like, you know, oh, that move is two years old and so next year I'll be added to the TMable pool, so don't worry about it. Like that feels good to me if it becomes an expectation. I think yes. it'll just be a rather rough start to that change. Yeah, it's it's a long life solution we're looking for and that's kind of rough to deal with in the early stages right well anyway let's uh let's move on to the next news item here which we'll probably have a little bit of discussion about another community move an old one in fact mega amphros is coming plus get ready for an instance day featuring mareep trainers we're excited to announce that mega amphros will be coming to mega raids being on tuesday today January 19th at 10 a.m. local time. This already happened. Plus on Sunday, January 24th, this upcoming Sunday, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time, you'll be able to enjoy an incense day event featuring electric type Pokemon, dragon type Pokemon, and more. During this event, incense will attract more Mareep, and you could even encounter a shiny Mareep if you're lucky. Evolve Flaffy, the Evolve more Mareep during the event to get an Ampharos that knows the previously community day exclusive attack, Dragon Pulse. An event-exclusive one Pokecoin bundle featuring three incense will be also available to pick up in the shop. In addition to Mareep, different Pokemon will be attracted to incense at different times. During times that feature Electro-type Pokemon, you might encounter Pikachu, Magnemite, Voltorb, Chinchou, Mareep, Plusle, and Minin. If you're lucky, you might encounter a Stunfisk. So lucky. Blessed by Flatfish. During Dragon-type hours, Dragon-type Pokemon and Pokemon that evolve into Dragon-type Pokemon will be attracted to incense, including Horsey, Dratini, Mareep, Trapinch, Vibrava, and that's the same Pokemon, and Swablu. If you're lucky, you could encounter a Bagon, <laughs> but not get the exclusive move for Salamence. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. From, from 11 a.m. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Electro-type Pokemon. From 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., Dragon-type and Pokemon Evolve into Dragon-type Pokemon. And then 2 to 4 is Electric again. And then for an hour after that, from 4 to 5, Dragon-type and Pokemon that Evolve into Dragon-type Pokemon will be spawning from your incense. So 2 hours Electric, 1 Dragon, 2 Electric, 1 Dragon, back and forth from 11 to 5. Uh, that's kind of neat. I, why the devaluing of the uh, Dragon-type hour, I don't <laughs> understand. I mean, I get the Dragons are are rarer but if it's already going to be diluted by pokemon that evolve into dragon types like horses uh, that ain't helping my dragon metal anyway yeah <laughs> you know yeah. so i i don't quite get that but but there you go sneaky little event coming in last minute here this incense day uh less than five full days in advance notice for this one it's kind of interesting kyle i'm kind of curious to see how you feel about this well first of all here, let me break this up I want to know, first of all, what do you think about Mega Ampharos and Dragon Pulse coming back for Mareep during this time? How do you feel about that? Mega Ampharos has great hair, but 
other than that, I don't care for it. <laughs> that's okay. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I have no idea about the meta relevancy of it, but uh, for those of you that don't know at home, Dragon Pulse on Ampharos for the community today was cool thematically, but at that point in time, Mega Evolution was but a dream in the distance, a, a glint in the eye of... Uh, <laughs> of Pokemon Go trainers worldwide. For those of you that might not know, Mega Ampharos gets the dragon typing, so it would then get stabbed for Dragon Pulse in its mega form. So that's the relevancy there. Now, dragon typing just means luscious locks, in this case, <laughs> and some sweet horns. And that's about it. That's about it. So there you go. So what about the, the incense day then, Kyle? Thoughts, feelings? It's so lackluster. I have no interest, even a little bit. Yeah. The electric hours are awful. Like, actually awful. Outside of the chance to find a Stunfisk. Really? Yes. But shiny Voltorb, shiny Chinchow, shiny Mareep, Pikachu for the Pikachu medal? I mean, shiny Voltorb came out with one of the Safari Zones, so I have no interest because I got like three of them from that. So yeah, yeah. Uh and there was one guaranteed from the research that day too. Yeah, exactly. And I don't I don't care about the Pikachu medal. What? <laughs> but but you can care about the Pikachu medal after you've gotten it platinum. You no, still care absolutely it's, not. No, it's illegal I, to not care about a medal that you don't have at platinum. Kyle. That is definitely not true. The platinum medals are scaled to the point of absurdity. I'm I'm calling the FBI. How could you say such Have you things? seen what it takes to get the platinum medal for best buddies? I still don't have one, so I'm not even looking at it. 200. That is insane. That Therefore, is so ridiculous. Any platinum outside of the catch ones for the types, I don't care about. Just very. All right. All right. I, and I got a lot of feelings about the best buddy system, but my goodness. I, I do, too. But the dragon type one is just bad. Really? There is one and a half pokemon that are interesting to catch there <laughs> and it, the bagon counts as half because it's a rare spawn but dratini yes dratini is the one <laughs> yeah 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 well i mean mareep too mareep is there uh, yeah but whatever mareep we'll talk is about kind of an uncommon spawn man it's sort of exciting look it was uncommon but it also was in 10k eggs for however long and then moved to 5k eggs for however long I'm not excited when I see a Mareep anymore. Okay. That's your prerogative. And we'll, and we'll talk about Ampharos and Dragon Pulse in just a little bit. Why I'm well, not interested. <laughs> I need more cotton candy sheep. That's fair. I do only have one. Yep. Oh, you need at least two more. You can stop being excited after you've gotten two more. <laughs> Maybe. That's the rule. That's the rule. All right. Well, that wraps up the news section for us uh, this week. And we're going to we'll hand it right back to you, Kyle. Just like we're playing like uh, like tennis. I'm just volleying it right back, even though you just hand it right back to me. It's gear up time. So this week on gear up, we're going to talk about what's the big deal with Johto Community Day moves, specifically the four that we have talked about a little bit already. First up, Meganium with Frenzy Plant. In terms of Grass type attackers, it's just not good. Like absolutely at all, it's bad, and that's kind of all there is to say about it, especially with Roserade community day just around the corner but in terms of pvp meganium with frenzy plant is very good in great league and good in ultra league 
Now, I don't know exactly what roles it fills outside of being obviously a grass type attacker to counter stuff like Azumarill. Mm-hmm. So it, it does fill a similar hole as Venusaur in that aspect. And I'm kind of excited because I don't have a great league level Meganium because I just never paid attention. And I just checked now and I'm like, oh, I guess I should uh, should evolve one of those. <laughs> have you used Meganium in PvP, Chris? In PvP, absolutely not. I've gone up against several of them, though, and I hate oh. them. Oh, okay. I hate them so much. Let's see, the thing about Venusaur, though, is that you can use ground-type moves against a Venusaur t- with, with some success. So when I have my Croagunk outright and I'm trying to get to my Mud Bomb because I can't make it all the way to my Sludge Bomb, it does pretty good damage. When you're going to get some Meganium, not, not as much. Yeah, exactly. Next up, there's Typhlosion with Blast Burn. Yes, the boy! Yeah, the boy is pretty much the worst blast burn user of all of the four that we have so far. Uh, yeah, but he's the cutest. Is he though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, comparison to Charizard, who is cool but not cute, and Blaziken, who is cool but not cute, and Infernape, who is neither. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I uh, calling Typhlosion cute is is a stretch, but well, he is a long boy, so that's fair enough. He's not the worst fire type attacker in the game, but that's only if you don't have any of the other blast burn starters. If he's your only blast burn starter, he is literally on par with Flareon in terms of fire type DPS, which is to say, very, very, very far below the legendary options. <laughs> unfortunately yeah yeah fair enough and take kind of leaves all of them in the dust even just, though for example overheat i mean come on give give Ante a better move yeah no Ante has fire blast which also is not great in comparison to blast burn this is true does Ante have yeah. a signature move i don't know what's the uh, signature move oh it's probably going to be some something steel related or something yeah, dumb like that hang on fair. a sec and research says no. No, it doesn't, which is a bummer. So, yeah, <laughs> give Entei Blast Burn. Do something. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works either. It, true, but I would like for it to work that way, so please. But what about Typhlosion in PvP? Uh, it has some use in Ultra League, like, in theory. It has some good matchups. Not so much in Great League. And some use in Premier Master League. But not regular Master League. Don't even, don't even go there. <laughs> nope. In terms of whether it's worth it to pursue one, probably not, unless you're really looking for the collector value of it. It doesn't have a whole lot of use otherwise. But unlike clutch, Meganium, the clutch Solar Beam, though, Kyle. <sighs> yeah, no. Yep. Unlike Meganium, who is very much worth the investment in terms of PvP which we skipped over just a little bit there at the end. But next up is the star of the show, right? It's Ampharos with Dragon Pulse. Now we're going to talk about regular Ampharos first. It doesn't have dragon typing, so it doesn't get stabbed. So it's just bad right there. But to top it off, it doesn't know a dragon fast move either. So Dragon Pulse in terms of PvE is useless. It doesn't do anything. But Mega Ampharos does gain dragon typing, like Chris said, but still no dragon fast move. So it's not like it's going to be the meta mega dragon for right now. 
honestly, because we still have Charizard X for that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's the lack of the fast move that I think holds Mega Ampharos back. And then regular Ampharos is just not very compelling. Yeah. I mean, OK, so regular Ampharos is electric monotype. Right. And so yep. it gains dragon type when it mega evolves. And so you can make the argument that it only serves to make it better if it's carrying Dragon Pulse at all. But that only really holds weight in a PvP setting, which you can't do. No. So yeah, if this <laughs> right. was about PvP and we didn't have to worry about the way it's limited in Pokemon Go, the dragon typing would be very big because yeah. it changes and adds a bunch of resistances and stuff like that. But unfortunately it doesn't. So Right, right, exactly. But speaking about PvP, Great League and Mega League Ampharos generally don't even use Dragon Pulse. They prefer Thunder Punch and Focus Blast. So even in situations where it gives you coverage, people prefer other coverage. Yep. Can't confirm. I use an Ampharos in Ultra League all the time as one of my core uses, and it's got Thunder Punch and Focus Blast on it. Well, and that's interestingly enough, because in Ultra League, Dragon Pulse does see a little bit more use. Like very, very slightly more use than Focus Blast. Oh, I like the Thunder Punch spam too much to give it up. Oh, oh, well, no, you would give up the Focus Blast. No, Focus Blast is so good, too. But it's I'm just saying that that's what people run. You run Thunder Punch because it charges really quickly. And then you run Dragon Pulse over Focus Blast for the coverage. OK, all right. All right. That's all I'm saying. But to sum up, Ampharos, it's in a really weird place. It has use in PvP, so that's good. But Dragon Pulse is not really needed for it to do its job. Maybe if you want to have the theme of the Mega Ampharos with the Dragon type move, it's worth it. But other than that, this is, again, really just a collector's piece like it's been for the last three years. But now it's complete. Yes. Yes. And lastly, Tyranitar with SmackDown. I don't know what more there is to say about SmackDown Tyranitar. He's really good. He's not the best rock type attacker. He hasn't been since Kranidos came out, right? Uh, yes. Kranidos yeah. has the highest TPS, but TDO Tyranitar still wins. Yeah, yeah. But like once you ma- mathematically calculate it, Kranidos comes out on top because of the, the formula weighs DPS much heavier. Yes, 100%. But Tyranitar is still very good. The bulk means you don't generally have to worry about dodging as much in certain matchups and stuff like that. Whereas if you don't dodge, the Kranidos just going to fall over. It's a fun fact. Tyranitar is very sturdy. Rock typing allows it to, to take a lot of things really well. Uh, but one singular punch, it's dead. <laughs> as dynamic as that punch might be, dead. That's very relevant because in terms of PvP, you don't really want to use Tyranitar. Nope. That that four no times thanks. weakness to fighting and fighting types are everywhere in at least Great League and Master League. I don't remember about Ultra League. You can't even trust Alakazam anymore. They put counter on that thing. <laughs> you know what true. I mean? And like- <laughs> also, if you're going to use it for PvP, you need Smackdown because Bite is just not good. At least in my experience, I don't know about how the math works out. 
I don't think it does well because it's low damage, low energy generation. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. Why does that even exist? Come on. But it does get stabbed, Kyle. <laughs> it does get stabbed. So what? But he does do okay in Master League because of that high stat product because his base stats are pseudo legendary level. But again, the fighting types Machamp is also seen a lot in master League, So Machamp yeah. literally can look sideways at Tyranitar and he will fall over. True. And if it's a shadow Machamp, it doesn't even look completely. At yeah. It's, it's just, just that it did walk in the room. Fall. Yeah. The force <laughs> of it coming out of its pokeball puts Tyranitar back into its pokeball. <laughs> but all that said, of everything on this list, it's probably the most valuable to have if yeah. you don't already have it. Yep. Now, I will tell everybody here, my word of advice, I'm sure Kyle will agree wholeheartedly, is what th- this is the first community. Well, first of all, it's like really the first community that got Kyle kind of on board with this game um, in a in a big way. Not just like, a, oh, this is kind of fun. Like Tarantar community, Laratar community rather, was formative for our Pokemon Go experience. Mm-hmm. get six of these yeah. while you have the chance we don't know when they're going to come back and even if they're not the most relevant they will always be useful they're like meteor mesh metagross yep i mean i still use i only have three smackdown tarantars because again i wasn't super prepared for that day and i still use all three consistently like oh yeah all the time. i use them all the time yep exactly the nice thing about it in comparison to like a Rhyperior is that if you're going up against something that's flying, right? So like a Lugia or something like that, when it uses flying moves, Rhyperior will take neutral damage to it and Tyranitar will resist. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's where it has the stone edge <laughs> on Rhyperior. <laughs> Rhyperior. See what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Good job. And just as a closing note, if you don't have any of these, try and evolve at least one just for the collector's sake. You never know how the game may shift in the future. So it's always worth having some. Mm-hmm. But SmackDown Tyranitar is great. So. It is. Absolutely. All right. So you know what to do. Get get your six SmackDown Tyranitar. Maybe hold off on the six Ampharos, but get at least one. You want at least 30 Blast Burn Typhlosion and maybe one PvP Frenzy Plant Meganium. Now the Typhlosion aren't going to be useful for anything, but trust me, it's a good choice. <laughs> it's not. Don't listen to me. I just like the Pokemon. All right. That brings us to a Poco lore. And this week we're going to be, I believe we're revisiting this, but if it was, it was a long time ago. Now we're going to talk about Ninkata, the trainee Pokemon, Ninjask, the ninja Pokemon, and Shedinja, the shed Pokemon. Ninkata is up first. Ninkata is a small whitish insectoid pokemon it's like eggshell why is it gray why why do we need white ish as a color because it's close it's like off white we have so many words for colors that are close to white but aren't white why didn't we use that that's what that's what i'm saying no no i'm sorry but like it's white (laughs) true it It is like it it really is white i've never thought of ninkata as another color but white I don't know. It's a little it's, bit like like dirty, dirty like if, white. If you want to be weird, it's steel. Like it looks like white, but made of metal. Does that make sense? 
that doesn't make any sense, but we'll let we'll let it lie right you there. You know exactly what I mean. I have no I'm going to refuse this. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it has a pointed snout, a thin stripe that dips in a V pattern between its eyes and two whisker like antennae on its face. Its eyes are black with green iris like rings inside the amount of blank like things in this three of them already in the first four sentences i'm losing my mind as it is virtually blind it uses its antenna to sense its surroundings on its back is a pair of small green wings its hind legs are white but the forelegs are brown and have sharp claws the hind legs are white kyle they're the same they're the color same color as the body, as the body. <laughs> very yeah. interesting mm, good to note the claws uh. are used to carve into the roots of trees and absorb moisture and nutrients Ninkata builds underground nests at the roots of trees in tropical and temperate forests. It can occasionally live up to 10 years underground. It does not like sunlight, so it avoids it. Ninkata is nearly blind due to living almost entirely underground. As such, it uses its antenna to see instead. All right. Not very exciting. I understand for all of you non-bug lovers out there, you're like, ew, gross. What a dumb, sunny Pokemon. And you'd be right. You'd be right. Ninjask. <laughs> Ninjask is a very fast Pokemon that is said to be able to evade any attack and was long believed to be invisible due to its high speed. <laughs> if it is not trained properly, it will refuse to obey its trainer and cry loudly. And due to this, it is said to put the trainer's abilities to the test. Hearing its loud cries for too long induces a headache. It lives in tropical and temperate forests where it congregates around a tree sap to feed. Ninjask looks sweet. I think it's one of the coolest Pokemon designs, bug type Pokemon designs, I should say. It's it's pretty neat. Do you have any love for Ninjask, Kyle? I don't think we ever actually talked about Ninjask because why would we ever talk about Ninjask? Well, yeah, because Shedinja exists. So, yeah. Conceptually, I really like the family line. Ninjask is just kind of a branch to get to Shedinja for me. <laughs> it's a symptom of Shedinja. It is. Even it though is. It's it literally, it's the, the other, other way around. around. Shedinja yeah. is the symptom of Ninja. Right. But right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Anyway, speaking of Shedinja, Shedinja is a Pokemon based on a cicada's shed exoskeleton. Most of its body is light brown, but the abdomen is gray. It has four protrusions on its underside instead of legs. The top pair is brown, while the lower is gray. There are round protrusions on the side of its head with narrow slits for eyes. Two lines encircle its abdomen and white halo floats above its head. On its back is a pair of tattered wings divided into three wingtips. A hole between its wings reveals that its body is completely hollow and dark as it possesses no internal organs. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it is said that looking into this empty space will steal one's spirit like a camera. Its shell is very hard, which gives it strong defense, but renders it incapable of movement does not breathe, and floats without moving its wings. It lives in tropical, temperate forests and are nightmares. Now, I'm going to read you the stats for Ninjask only because as Kyle and I were reviewing, hilariously, before the show, a fully maxed out Shedinja has like 12 HP. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, it has one stamina on the in the in-game files. It does. It does. <laughs> And okay, so what's the deal with Shedinja, Kyle? If you want to go ahead and explain the abilities situation with this. So we've talked about it before in our disappointment, but Shedinja is like a flagship Pokemon for talking about it in terms of abilities. It has the ability Wonder Guard in the main series game, which means that if it can only be hit by moves that are super effective, everything else misses. And therefore, it only has one HP in the main series game. 
because right. if one hit gets through, it loses. And and that's it. And so the way they did that in Pokemon Go was they just gave it one HP. Look, <laughs> <laughs> even 10 HP. One Fair stamina. Enough. Well, yeah, 10 is yeah. as low as it can go because of the way the formula works. Also, I'd like to say, okay, you said, you said the way they went about it in Pokemon Go is they gave it one stamina. No, the way they went about it in Pokemon Go is that they didn't. They just didn't. Correct. It's, it, 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 there's nothing that the only homage is that it has no HP and is therefore unusable. That's literally it. Which is also why you don't see Shedinja anywhere except for like special research breakthrough rewards, because in the main series games, in order to get one, it, it was a very particular setup. You had to have an extra Pokeball in your bag. You had to have an extra spot in your team. And then you had to evolve your Ninkata. And then the Ninjas would pop out. And then the Shedinja would fill that extra spot on your team and go into a Pokeball from your bag. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it, it was very particular. And so I don't think they were going to give us two Pokemon for each Ninkata that we evolved in, uh, in go. They should have, they should have, it wouldn't You're have really cost them anything. Honestly, I don't think so either, but maybe they just didn't have to, you know, build the mechanic or set the precedent. Who knows? I'm yeah. sure there was a reason, but anyway, let's talk about the stats for Ninjask since Shedinja is not really, conversation worthy other than what we just had i suppose max cp is 22 26 i believe that's for a level 40 bad stats are bad with 199 attack 112 defense and oh. 156 stamina Oof. yes you'll find more constitution in i don't know a blade of grass than you'll find it in ninjast <laughs> sometimes best move set you could call it that fury cutter and shadow ball and aerial ace for your two charge moves you could, yes, have a, another bug move as a charge move, but Shadow Ball and Aerial Ace are actually pretty good coverage considering, although I feel like you'll never seriously have that conversation with yourself or anybody else. No. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Poor Ninjask. Yeah, dude, poor Ninjask. Poor like, Ninja. Okay. I don't forget Ninjask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude okay i i was a big shedinja fan i still am and i have several of them in go kyle and i both have one maxed out for our type based challenge that we had set for ourselves uh and uh yeah we're never gonna use them <laughs> i want a scenario to use my shedinja so badly i just don't know what that looks like in this game it doesn't it doesn't look like anything until they change the way it works unfortunately yeah, I, th I mean, I would really like abilities, especially with Megas rolling out. It's very, very pertinent to that world as well. But we'll see. <sighs> yeah, we will see. But anyway, enough about that. It's time for the Poll. Last week's question was, how do you feel about collection challenges in Pokemon Go? Any additions or changes you would make? First one's from Venusy, and they said, they're all right. I do like how they let you catch them in any order as opposed to regular timed research that asks for specific captures. I struggled with finishing the callous research in time with it needing a Froakie at the last step when it's the rarest of the three in my area. And I'd already caught one before getting that task. Ooh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Who were in that boat. As noted on the show, though, asking for shadows specifically seems like an issue. Asking for any snowboard donkey feels like it would have taken a lot of pressure off people this week. Agreed. If they were to do a long-term collection challenge in the future as special research rather than timed, then I wouldn't be opposed to one entirely focused on getting different varieties of shadows. 
But with the random nature of them, and as some people may only be able to challenge the balloon grunts right now, I don't think putting a time limit on that would be fair. I definitely agree. I think the time limit combined with the potential of only being able to do grunts was a little bit rough. Uh, Yeah, 100%. Now, I mean, you get four balloons a day at noon, 6 p.m., midnight, and 6 a.m. Uh, but, you know, realistically, and people sleep, you know, they're probably going to miss maybe one balloon. But that being said, uh, did you finish this, by the way? I did as well. Uh, Honestly, I don't remember. I don't think I did. I don't think I saw a shield on the entire event, and I didn't actively go out hunting because I wasn't super compelled to buy it. Okay, gotcha. I ended up finishing this. My holdouts were the the two shadows. In particular, I couldn't find a shadow stunky to save my life. Uh, so I think at the last two days, the word on the street is that they had boosted the rates of those two in particular. But there was a lot of like there there were two options for the ice drop that you were looking for for the mm-hmm. snover. Mm-hmm. You can either get the snover lines or you can end up with a cloister. And so that was causing a lot of heartache for some people as well. Apparently, those are tied to the gender of the uh, grunt, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yes, let me point that out to me. I had no idea either, but now we know. I have no idea when that'll be useful again, but uh, now we know. Um, but yeah, I think if that had been boosted from the get-go when, before everybody had you know spent most of their opportunities on their balloons already, it might have been better. Agreed. Yeah, but who knows? I like the idea of it being more complicated. I mean, we talked about this last week, but uh, yeah, it seemed to cause a lot of frustration for a lot of people this time. This next one's from DeFi-E. I actually really liked the last couple of collection challenges. The one for Sinnoh felt way too easy, so I didn't mind the one for Unova having some more challenging ones. The only thing I would recommend adjusting in the future would be to boost the rate for the shadows. For example, have balloons during that time feature only those Pokemon. It got a little frustrating hunting down and finding ice-type grunts, for example, and then many of them not even awarding Snover. A boost in rate would fix that. Absolutely. 100% agreed. Mm -hmm. Sounds like we're kind of on the same page here. Yep, uh, completely. If the grunts only brought the featured Pokemon for the event, it'd be fine. Done. Of course, you're going to have people who complain and say, oh, now I keep getting the same grunt. Too bad. Yeah. that That's all I have to say about that. I think it's... It's just for a short period of time, you know, yeah. just for the event. Yeah. Next one's from Carlo. Nice said. If I were going to change this adjust the collection challenges, I would either change the amount of catches needed, thinking five or ten per month, and not have shadows on that. Or if shadows are being included, increase the rate of balloons spawning from every six hours to every three and limit the pool so there's not too many off types. Overall, I really like the collection challenges and think they are a welcome addition. More of the same thinking. I think we all know what the solution is. <laughs> yes, everyone, everyone agrees. And I think I said last week, I'd love to see an evolution where you keep getting rewards for completing the challenge after you do it once kind of thing yeah so yeah. first one is catch one of each next one catch five of each then 10 of each type of thing i still but you get the metal uh credit from just the first step right yes yeah but right. i i think that would be a, a great way to move forward with this idea. i think so too that'd be kind of neat absolutely 
uh, Rocket Man said, I didn't mind the collection challenges that we have had. I feel like they were very take it or leave it, which makes them a very nice side mission for the game. If they keep them around for certain events, I will participate in them, but certainly not stress over completing them. Uh Oh, we're very different people. <laughs> if I could change something, it would be the overall theme of them rather than catch one each of these random Pokemon from this gen. It would be nice to have catch one of each grass type from this generation or something like that. Overall, seven out of 10. That'd be an interesting pivot as well. It would kind of encourage you to sort of critically think about the Pokemon that you're hunting after. Plus, if it was grass type, for example, that would really behoove you to go use a mossy lure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, in the first collection challenge, we were already doing that for Pharisee, but yeah, in this case, <laughs> you were doing it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It was desperate times. It called for desperate measures. <laughs> but like in the future, we haven't seen these for a while, but if we ever get more type events, man, it feels like it's been 18 months since the last type event. Maybe I'm crazy, but yeah, you know, we'll get a psychic event eventually, and then it may be catch one of each psychic type if this trend ends up being successful for them. I'm really, I'm really hoping that it does. Mm-hmm. Now, here's something I, I'm feeling pretty passionate about with this feature in general really quick. We do have one more response. We'll read that in just a second here. But I was realizing that when this next one rolled over, which was today for us, because it's Tuesday this morning, a lot of folks were asking each other, how is your collection challenge going? Like, how far are you? What are your holdouts already? Things like that. And it was just so interesting and kind of nice to have conversation around the game that wasn't overly kind of interpreted negatively. You know what I mean? You could say a lot about the shadow conversation for sure, because that was downright authentically frustrating at times and for particular players. Right. But this one was pretty straightforward. And so was the first one. It was just nice to see chatter about the game itself and not like chatter about Niantic. Yeah, I can get behind that. It's far more fun to talk about the game than it is to talk about like the corporate the comings o- and goings. <laughs> I I don't know the word I'm thinking of, but it's like the the overarching everything, which we talk about a lot. You know, we talk about Niantic. We talk about the direction the game's going. We talk about yeah. that. But it's nice to just talk about, hey, how did your set of Go Badly go? Or, right, right. How's your how's your research doing? You know, we don't get enough opportunities for that. Right. And I think I think it's healthy for the game for us to to be able to switch between saying, all right, cool. Now let's talk about the accessibility of the whole Gucci event. I'm really happy that they put out this code for everybody to get. That's cool. But what is also cool is, hey, did you catch your Kranidos yet? Like, that's that's fun. I like I like having that pivot back to the actual content itself. Yeah. Before we finish off the questions, I would love to see continual goals in the game that people share so they can talk about because Mm -hmm. we talk about it. Pokemon go is one of the best parts is you can set your own goals, but another great part about having a big community is everybody working towards something together. You know, you can always feel camaraderie in working towards something with somebody else also working towards something. Yeah, totally. Do you think that they're ever going to put like clubs in this game? No, I don't think so. either. I think I think Pokemon, I think the Pokemon company and Nintendo are very against the idea. Yeah, yeah, probably. Last one's from Chris D. And they said collection challenges have been decent. 
They are done in one or two days, so mostly pretty straightforward. I think more of these new mini events will add to a limited amount of Pokemon spawning for a set time. There are already too many mini events that do this. After a couple of days, you get fed up with the same 10 Pokemon being available. I will play either way, though. That's an interesting take on it, too. Yeah, I would suppose that this is exciting for casual players because they're like, oh, I have something within a week that I need to do, which is pretty doable. But for those of us that finish it in the first day, it's like, well, now what? I just got a coast. Yeah, I, I definitely can agree with that, which is why I like the idea of it kind of cascading into something more outside of the casual elements of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I can get behind that seeing seeing the same three starters for 10 days after you stopped wanting to catch them or like six days, I guess not 10 days, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about starters. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm still excited to catch mudkips whenever I see them. I still need more better mudkip. Really? Yeah. I didn't get to huh. play mudkip community. Day was the one community I missed like for real. It's the only community day in three years that I have not played it. I didn't play at all. Wow. Yeah, that's a holdout. Swampert turned out to be pretty useful. <laughs> I know I'm upset about it. I evolved one, but like I didn't get to stock up on candy so that when I got another one, I could make it. But anyway, yeah, uh, this week's Pokepole, what would be your ideal community day Pokemon and what would be the worst? <laughs> yeah, buddy. I'm so excited to hear what people have to say what they think the worst is going to be. I, I'm very interested to see. <laughs> Charmander a third time. I, that was my <laughs> joke. I was going to use that. Oh, no. Sorry. Uh, All right, Chris. What would be your ideal community today? They need to bring back uh, Squirtle so that we can bring back the sunglass squirtle again. It'll never happen, but that'll be my ideal community day. I feel like that would please everyone. Would it have the same glasses or would it have appropriate glasses? I here's what I think. Because the gla- <laughs> the aviators that are on them match the like the the backup side squad members, just not Ashes squad, yeah. right? If there was a special research that day where the last one gave you a regular flat pointy shades just one squirtle i think that would be cool yeah okay okay my ideal community day can it be one that's never gonna happen absolutely never in a million years spirit tomb oh i want to see spirit tomb community day spirit tomb is a really cool pokemon and because of its nature we don't get to see very many of it oh my gosh and i really want the shiny that i'm never gonna get Somebody, somebody <laughs> out there, I'll trade you just about anything I can reasonably do to get a shiny spirit tomb. Could you imagine just like seeing 50 spirit tomb around you? Look, when I was walking, that would look when I was walking my spirit tomb, it caught me off guard. So, yeah, <laughs> I can imagine it like jumps around, right? No, no, it, it like uses its head and like extends it forward and then like its gas gets bigger as it screams oh my gosh (laughs) it's so it's so just obtrusive (laughs) yeah yeah all right so uh about worst ones you know i mean we made the joke of charmander community day for a third time Uh, although now that i'm trying to max out two perfect charizards i kind of want the excel candy i'm a little bit upset that we didn't have that at the time for either of those yeah, all right. But for me, I'm not going to take an easy way out and just pick a repeat because 
we all know those would be the worst. No, I'm trying to think of a new but one too. For me, any rodent or bird Pokemon. Really? Catch all. I don't want to see Pidgey. I don't want to see Rattata. I don't want to see Taylo. I don't even have a shiny Taylo, and I still don't want to see that day. But what about like what? What if it was a new bird that wasn't just flat normal typing, like a oh, like Fletchling or something? Fletchling would be the least offensive of them all, just because Talonflame is cool. It, but it, it is cool. I'm still. I would good. still be offended. I would still be offended. <laughs> Okay. I, I stand by enough. that statement and it's a strong statement, but that's that is very fair. I think I, I'm actually I might kind of take a page out of your book. I think a Rattata community would probably be the lowest of low right now. Oh, I'd be, I'd be so upset. I would <laughs> oh be so God. excited for I would rather have a Spiro community than a Rattata community. Yeah. Oh my god, 100%. that's saying so much too. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. But here's the thing though, too. They would have a little bit of play with the Alolan version, so maybe it actually wouldn't be that bad. No, it wouldn't. They would only do the Kanto version. The Alolan would be like in eggs or something. <laughs> in raids. In raids. Raid exclusive tier five Alolan radicates. Uh, <laughs> I want a shiny Alolan Rattata, though. You know what I want, Kyle? Huh? I have, I think I've got two shiny radicates and party hats, right? I oh, want a okay. shiny Alolan Radicate in a party hat. <laughs> That's what I want. He looks so mad in his little hat. Oh my gosh. That'd be amazing. But anyway, <sighs> if you, dear listener, have an answer to the question, what would your ideal community Pokemon be? And what would be the worst? You can answer that. Uh, well, when we post it on social, such as Facebook and slash or Twitter, probably just Twitter. Or if you're a patron in our discord, we also post it there for you to answer. You can also send us a voicemail to 262-586-7717. You can also send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. And just a quick note about emails and voicemails before we hand it on over to Fish and DeFi for the PPP corner. I mentioned this last week at the end of the show like a complete dummy because, well, not a lot of people make it all the way to the end of the show. That's just how podcasts work. So I'm going to mention it now. Kyle and I, in the interest of our show lengths, because our shows are getting longer and longer and longer because of all the wonderful emails and voicemails we're getting, we've decided that once a month we're going to be doing a mailbag episode as well where we can put, you know, the things that we deem as overflow into those uh, into those once a month episodes. So that being said, if you'd like to send an email or a voicemail in for one of these upcoming mailbag episodes, we're not sure when we're going to start doing them. Probably next month, I would assume. Either if it's an overflow generic message I could put into there, that's great. Or if you'd like it to be specifically for the mailbag episode, you can put mailbag in the subject line or mention it at the top of your voicemail and we'll put it there. More about that in the future. Keep your eye on the social feeds. We'll give you updates there. All right. It's time for the PvP corner, so we're going to pass it on over to Fish and DeFiE, and this week they're going to be talking about, well, a number of things. But in there, we're going to be talking about the Payback Machamp, a little bit of deep dive into that, and also the upcoming Roserade double special move for its community day, Bullet Seed and Fire Type Weather Ball. So strap in, have fun. Hey, I'm Fish Anahita. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, where we give you all the things that are happening in the PvP world at the moment, which DeFi is what? 
Well, the first thing that I want to talk about is the Sylph Arena Invitational. The preliminaries have begun. So, Fish, where are you at in the preliminaries? Tell me all about it. Well, we all had to pick our specialities, and I, of course, being the Sylph guy that I am, went with the Field Specialist role. So, we are playing in the Floating City Battlefield, where we're only allowed to use the ground, flying, steel, and normal types. No legendaries, mythicals, megas, shadows, red, no, no, no everything. Like, pretty much everything is banned. For any, everything good is banned from that uh, meta, which makes it really interesting, really open. I've got a real, real good team. I've got players like Tactical, who was the world's first legend tier trainer in the Silph Arena. I've got people like Escom Rura, who was the first ever South American continental champion we've got a a really high quality team that sounds so exciting and who are you matched up against so my team the dancing pineapples is matched up against the hold on you're not gonna speed past that (laughs) your team the what (laughs) the dancing pineapples tell me more i love it but tell me more um it's it's ludicolo you know the dancing pineapple it's um it's so technicals favorite pokemon and it's, it's a cool Pokemon. Like, I, I love using Ludicolo in battle and, and sending it out and watching it do its mariachi dance while it's ice beaming people to death. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, so tell me more about... So the Dancing Pineapples are playing who? So we're playing the Squirtle Squad. So uh, we talked about my team having some big names. The Squirtle Squad is stacked. We've got Speedy as Chief 2, who is the current world champion of PvP. We've got For the Battles, who is a, a major, major representative of hashtag girls at PvP. Uh, we've got Meron P32, who is the current Asia Pacific champion. And my compatriot, PvP Steve, who is the biggest PvP content creator in Australia. He's also on the team, too. That's so exciting. Have you started the battles yet? How are they going? Uh, not well. <laughs> Defy. Oh, no. So. Each of the best of three battles is worth one point. So whether you go 2-1 or 3-0, doesn't matter. You just, if you win, you get one point for your team. And all the all the matchups between teams are best of seven in total. So far, my team is one win and three losses. <laughs> um, I Uh-oh. have not done my battles yet, but I have to win. And so do the remaining two players in my team if we want to progress. Otherwise, we are out. So who are you matched up against on the Squirrel Squad? Wouldn't you know it. I'm up against PvP Steve. There were 55 other competitors in this tournament, and I was matched up against PvP Steve's team, and then PvP Steve specifically. He is my opponent, of which, of course, it was going to be, because like he is like me, where uh, he is just a, a Silver Arena guy through and through. Like He was always going to pick a restricted meta like me so it's it's funny but yeah i'll be playing against my uh my co-content creator from australia for that one i'm so excited to watch these matches and it's going to be really cool king iv pogo king is going to be shout casting your battles on wednesday that is so cool so your battles will be done before 
this podcast comes out, but for me and anyone else who wants to check out maybe the VOD of this shoutcast, it's going to be on my PvP Academia's Twitch channel if you want to go back and watch that. Uh, they may also upload it to YouTube as well a couple of days later. I have not gotten confirmation on that yet. I've messaged one of the people from that channel to, to find out, but uh, have not heard back from them yet. I Check that channel too if you don't have Twitch. Try YouTube. All right, my PvP Academia. So did you want to give us a quick rundown of GBL as well since we're here? Sure. So for GBL, we are currently in the Great League until Monday, January 25th. So our time in the Great League is coming to a close for this season. After that, we're going to be moving on to two weeks of Ultra League and Ultra League Premier. And how is the Great League going for you right now? It's going okay. Um, I'm playing it really, really casually. I'm still currently at ace rank. I've been just in the 2400s. I've gotten all the way up to 2497, and then I just (laughs) fall. Um, I'm currently working with the same team I've been working with since season two, Altaria lead Defense Deoxys on the safe swap with Psycho Boost and Rock Slide, and then Lantern in the back to clean up. Lantern loves seeing all these Pelippers people have been using, but I'm still having a really tough time with Charmers, and Galarian Stunfisk is still everywhere <laughs> it is i don't see too many charmers around though are you seeing too many of those i have i've gotten stuck with charmers in the lead more than i care <laughs> more than i care for <laughs> so moving on to our mailbag we got a question from GoCast patreon member copy cody and copy cody asked us could you possibly touch on if stab stab means same type attack bonus affects buffs and debuffs So let's talk a little bit about how that works in PvP. Yeah, and I actually really loved this question because I'd never actually thought about it before. That idea of uh, the relationship between same type attack bonus and the buffs and debuffs. So the answer to that question is yes, it absolutely does have an effect. Like everything in Pokemon, damage is calculated using this complicated unnecessary math equation. The important thing that you need to know about this equation is that everything that changes the amount of damage that something does, so something like same type attack bonus, or weather boosts in raids, or buffs and debuffs, all those things, they work on multipliers. And they're all multiplied together one after the other, which means that they stack. So let me give you an example just to illustrate that. DeFi. Yes. You're going to fire a move against me, and it's going to do 10 damage. You got that? All right, got it. 10 damage. Okay. Got it. Now, your Pokemon is using a move that's also super effective against my Pokemon. So when the game works out the damage for that, it multiplies that damage by 1.6. All right, so that's 16 damage. Exactly. So I went from 10 to 16. That's awesome. Also, the Pokemon that is using that move is the same type of as the move so that gets the stab bonus and that's another 1.2 times okay from keeping up now my move that was doing 10 is now doing 19.2 damage yeah that's a huge gain plus you've gotten one attack buff from one of your moves so you're you're now doing 25 percent more damage on top of that so that's 1.25 times all right so now my move that was originally 10 is doing 24 damage. Yeah, uh, that's you can see how much of a difference that is. But wait, hang on. 
You're also terrible at the flying charge move, so you only got a great, you didn't get an excellent. So uh, you have to multiply that by 0.75, which is 75% of the total damage. Oh no! <laughs> so I was doing 24 damage and I'm only doing 18? Right, but I mean, still, you've managed to take a 10 damage move and using various factors upped it to 18 which is still it's almost twice as much as what it was originally going to do so you can see how all those factors added in together really make a huge difference to what your pokemon is doing agreed so thank you so much for the question copy cody are you ready to deep dive fish i am ready and this week we are going to talk about community day pokemon we have recently had the Machop Community Day, and it has been announced that Roselia will be having a Community Day in February, and we already know its moves, which are Bullet Seed and Weather Ball. The first ever two exclusive move Community Day, which is really cool. So we wanted to talk about the effect of those new moves to those Pokemon. DeFi, did you want to kick us off with Payback Machamp in Great League? Of course. First, I want to say Payback requires 60 energy and does 110 damage. And Rock Slide does 45 energy per 75 damage. Rock Slide is typically the other move you would want to use on Machamp. I want to shout them out again. My PvP Academia did an amazing video about Machamp with Payback. So if you want a visual to go along with this, definitely check them out on YouTube. Let's take a look at the Great League. For Great League, I'm a champ that you're going to want. The optimal IVs are 1 attack, 14 defense, 11 HP. And with Payback, that Machamp is going to be able to beat things like Skarmory, Defense Deoxys, and Jellicent, which has been sneaking its way into Go Battle League. However, if you have Rock Slide, you can still beat Skarmory, and you can beat... Are you ready for this, Fish? Yes, I'm ready. Light on me. Frostlass, Meganium, Tropius, Mantine, Venusaur, Sableye, Shadow... Machamp with Rock Slide can beat Altaria and AWAC, and the list goes on. Rock Slide is clearly gives you much more coverage. So you're really going to want a more restricted meta to really make payback pay off in the Great League. Like, a, like an Arena Cup or a GBO Cup, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, Ultra League... It does a little bit better than that. The optimal IVs for Ultra League are 0, 15, 14. And with Payback, you're going to beat Swampert, Tangrowth, and the Shadow beats the Giratina with the legs. The, you know, leggy Giratina. Which one's that? I, th I think that's the Ultra, Ultra one. Yeah, that's right. Um, with Rock Slide, you're going to beat Dragonite. Articuno and Charizard. Of course, Articuno and Charizard have that double weakness to Rock, so a Rock Slide is obviously going to really hurt. What about Master League? What about Master League? <laughs> Master League does not help Machamp at all with Payback. For Master League, you're trying to use your perfect Machamp 15s across the board for IVs, and Payback gives you no additional matchups. But with Rock Slide, you're able to pull off some wins against Pokemon like Kyogre, Ho, Garchomp, Gyarados. So Payback really, really hurts you here. Now, th those are some specific matchups, but, you know, I always preach it's whatever you feel comfortable with. So Payback being a 60 energy charge move, that's a lot of energy these days. <laughs> um, it's it's going to be a nuke 
type move, which is the term we use for like something that you generally use in the late game that's high energy and also really high damage and is going to one-hit KO a lot of Pokemon. If you feel comfortable with the shield baiting game, so say building up to a payback and then tricking them into using their shields by firing some cross chops first to open them up to hit them with that payback. If that if that works for you, then absolutely go for it. The difference between Machamp and something like an Azumarill, which also has a nuke move in Hydro Pump, is that Azumarill is bulky enough to get to multiple Hydro Pumps, whereas with Machamp, you're probably only going to get one payback off during the course of the battle before it faints. So you've got to be aware of that and comfortable with that. If you are, go for it. Good luck. And our next Pokemon looking forward to the future is Roserade. Roserade, like Fish said, is going to get two exclusive moves this upcoming Community Day with Bullet Seed and Fire-type Weather Ball. I want to shout out a different creator this time, Go Stadium or StadiumGaming.gg made a really great article about Roserade's impact. So can you tell us a little bit, how is Great League going to go for Roserade? So unfortunately for Roserade in Great League, it's already got a competitor to that role of the grass type with the fire type charge move, and that is Sunny Cherim. It's already got Bullet Seed and Fire Weather Ball, and it's a little bit tankier, bulkier, which really makes a difference in Great League where Pokemon are the least bulky. So, for example, in Great League, Roserade will beat Swampert and Whiskash like any good grass should. It'll beat Sableye, Frostlass, and Abomasnow, which is a good get. But Cherim will beat Cresselia, Defense Deoxys, Dugong, Hypno, Meganium, Obstagoon, Toxicroak, Vigoroth, Registeel... And a lot of others as well, where Roserade is just a bit too glassy to do it. So Cherim does definitely have a lot more wins. But in Ultra League, Ultra League looks a lot more promising. In Ultra League, you're doing more of a comparison of Roserade to Venusaur. Roserade can handle Steel-type Pokemon with this new Fire-type Weather Ball. Pokemon like Registeel, Melmetal, Escavalier, Caesar, where Venusaur just doesn't cut it. However... Roserade cannot beat things like Lapras and Empoleon, as well as your fighters like Machamp. So it really is a trade-off. You're going to be wanting to look for the other Pokemon in your line of three to make sure you can cover things. But picking up those steals is a really, really good get for Roserade. Yeah, absolutely. And what I do like about this, I know Roserade and Roselia have copped a lot of heat I'm a fan of this move. I'm, I'm generally pretty easy to please when it uh, comes to these decisions on community days and, and move updates and, and all that. I like this one as well because it's another thing to add to the Ultra League arsenal. And very importantly, it breaks up that core of Venusaur and Swampert. As much as Ultra League is so much more diverse now than it used to be, there is still a lot of teams running Venusaur and Swampert. So having a Pokemon that can beat both of those Pokemon can really help you out. All right. I am looking forward to catching all those Rosalias and giving Roserade a spin in Ultra League. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm probably going to actually start using it myself. 
And with that, I think that's a show. Just so you know, we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fish or myself, you can always direct your feedback to mail at gocastpodcast.com and all of those other ways to contact the show that Chris and Kyle plug at the end. And with that, let's kick it back to Chris and Kyle. Thanks, Fish and DeFi-E. I hope you're proud of me, by the way. I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, and I haven't mentioned it to either of them yet. Maybe I'll brag about this uh, after our recording now that I've recalled it. But <laughs> guess what, Kyle? We talked about you hitting rank seven. I forgot to mention at the top, I'm an ace rank trainer nice. right now in GBL. Yeah. Got you. that frillish. Got a, got a name. No longer rank any number. Just ace, buddy, which I think means 21, actually. So... Heck yeah. All right. Humble brag done. Well, now it's time for emails and some voicemails. Before we go further, I have had a Mudkip break out of seven Ultra Balls. (laughs) Are you feeding him berries? I'm trying to give it a pinhead berry. Oh, well. But these have all been great throws or better. What CP is it? I don't even remember. I'm catching it right now. Hang on. It's only it's like a, it's a light yellow circle. Oh my god! I, I apparently starters, I starters, man. Yeah, it was just like fine if you're gonna complain it was like about it. Twenty. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Oh well, my god. Some okay, quick I'm maths. Sorry. Some some quick maths. <laughs> yeah, quick math. I'm All right. Sorry, well, anyway. Let's start off with some voicemails. This first one is from, well, it's a mystery because I didn't mention their name and they didn't say it. So there you go. Hey there, Chris and Kyle. Hope you guys are having a uh, splendid week so far as uh, we're in the middle of January. I was just wondering, quick question. Do you guys think now this I'm a firm believer that. Pokemon Go has way too many events, and sometimes it feels like the game is moving way too fast at times. For example, this this past Community Day from the Chop, uh, it overlapped with the whole Sinnoh Celebration event. So do you guys think that Pokemon Go would benefit just a tiny bit if it took things a little bit slower? Just, 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 just a thought, you know, because... Sometimes it, it can get a little overwhelming, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Hope you guys are having a uh, good rest of the week, and uh, I'll stay tuned into the next show. Love what love what you guys do. So uh, keep it up, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Well, thank you for the voicemail, mystery person. Appreciate it. That's an interesting question. So, Kyle, what do you think? Do you think Pokemon Go could benefit from maybe? pumping the brakes a little bit in terms of how many events they have going on at a time versus, you know, there's a lot of quick fire events and stuff like that. So current state of the game, do you think they should slow down a little bit? Oh, that's such a tough question because yeah, sometimes the answer is yes. And sometimes the answer is no. Right. The quality of the event matters greatly on whether whether that answer changes personally. I don't necessarily think they need to stop or slow down, I should say, right now, because this Sinnoh event, this Unova event, this Johto event, they're not really that big a deal. 
they're, they're kind of small bits of flavor. So if they run into something else, I don't think it's ruining the day for either thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we have had major events crash into a raid day or a community day or something that clearly wasn't appropriately thought out. And then you got to think, ooh, they maybe should have done one less event this month. Or something to that effect. There are some times when it does overlap rather well, though. So I like it when that happens. Yeah. But, you know, the game is in this interesting spot, especially because seasons are still a new concept. We're going to have to see how that shapes up in about a month and a a month and some change Mm -hmm. when they change. But when there isn't an event, I can guarantee you player retention is down and Niantic doesn't like to see that. So even if they lose players from player from event bombardment, they will keep more players than they're losing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's true too. I also think it's kind of difficult to talk about this right now because as has been kind of the the overarching sort of narrative of discussion, at least the meta level discussion about this game and like kind of like a, a top level um, for a while now has been. They're breaking a lot of norms and patterns that they've established in favor of trying new things. And so it's really difficult to kind of gauge how it's going when the game is in such a state of flux right now. They're changing a lot. They're trying new things. I Yeah, I just don't know if I can really make an intelligent interpretation of it. I think, Kyle, you're right. I think the whole seasons thing, once we see, if if we know what we can expect from the next season as well, we can start digging our heels back in and starting getting back into a, a methodology that we can follow, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting question for sure. But thanks for the voicemail. This next one's from Rocketman. Hey, Chris and Kyle, this is Rocketman calling in for team voicemail. Team voicemail! And uh, first off, I just wanted to back Kyle up on uh, letting go of Wait, how do I turn this off? shinies that you have a lot of, yeah. the community day ones. I, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't really understand people keeping, you know, 30 of a shiny that they're never going to use just because it's shiny. It's not even rare anymore if you got they're 30 weedles. of them. Yep. I don't know. Exactly. It just seems kind of crazy. But anyway, I'm with Kyle on that one. Team Kyle all the way. And uh, I got a question for this week. What is your guys' favorite Pokeball? Whether it be for use purposes or looks. Um, I guess I'm more talking main series games since there's not very many in go. Um, for me, it's the Premier Ball look yeah. like. Um, and probably the Quick Ball utility-wise it's pretty dang handy honorable mention goes to the heel ball i love the i love the look of it but uh yeah anyway just kind of wanted to hear you guys opinions on that and uh get rid of them shinies kyle see ya <laughs> except for my shiny gases i will keep all 41 of them and regret it and regret it for my inventory's sake every day have you maxed out your inventory yet uh yeah 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 I did okay. that right. about a month ago. All right. I, I thought so. I just couldn't remember off the top of my head. Uh, all right. But but favorite favorite ball, Kyle? That's an interesting question. Well, I, t- twofold. One is to use and the other is how it looks. Quick ball has 
found a place in my heart since Gen 8 because it's so busted. Yeah, it is pretty busted. Basically, anything that's not a legendary should be caught the first turn with that. And if it doesn't, you should just run away. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, probably the the timer ball or the dusk ball are definitely up there for me. Oh, you're stealing everything I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the dusk ball, so... Right, yeah, the dusk the dusk ball is definitely in my top five favorite pokeballs as well. But I'm actually gonna go with the inverse here. My favorite ball type has been for a while. I mean, like, I like quick balls, but at the end of the day, can you really rely on quick balls? Not all the time. You know what you can rely on all the time? Timer balls. The ball that gets better <laughs> the worse you are. I love that ball. <laughs> it makes yeah. me feel better. I'm like, oh, man, oh I'm God. really bungling this catch sequence up. That's okay. I've got 50 timer balls in the back. I'll be here for a while. <laughs> All right. So because we love math around here and I had to look up a list to remind myself of Pokeballs real quick. There's a formula for how the timer ball calculates its catch rate. Of course there is. And it's ridiculous. Oh, please do. So first off, a quick ball maxes out at five times catch rate. When you use it first turn. Otherwise, it's times one, just like a Pokeball. Timer ball maxes out at four times catch rate at 10 turns. Okay. The formula for how it gets to that four is one plus number of turns passed in battle times 1,229 over 4,096. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it why isn't say. that just why isn't that just a gradual? Well, it like, says that formula means it's it's approximately times point three, so it goes up by point three per turn. Okay, but why you. it's in the form of a fraction, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know, but it adds legitimacy to the back end of that for sure. I'm I, into I thought it. that was funny. That is pretty funny. Yeah, but anyway, there you go, Rocket Man. Those were our answers. Thanks for the voicemail. This comes from Joe. Good evening, Kyle and Chris. I hope you guys are having a delightful Tuesday. My uh, phone died during the middle of my first uh, voicemail, so I'm not even sure what you might <laughs> or might not have heard. It's true. Um, so I'm going to uh, say again, Chris. I hope you have a delightful vacation next week, and Kyle. I hope you have a delightful time at work next week. I know you probably <laughs> won't. But that doesn't mean I can't hope for it. Don't really have any questions for you guys this week. Just want to say what's up. Um, I was supposed to have a, a research paper ready for you, but um, I'm going to take a, a couple more days to work on that and make the graphs and, and tables a little bit prettier so that it can be nice and perfect for your mailbag episode. Outside of that, you guys have a delightful, fantastic Tuesday night and uh, shiny vibes to everyone but Justin. <laughs> <laughs> uh but by the way the the research paper that he's talking about he was talking about the um the overall cp multiplier that we have at the end the overall it was like 0.79 something like that uh yeah. is applied to everything and the the point that was that was made in discord was that it kind of levels the playing field a little bit it, lo- it makes the disparity between the highest and the lowest a little bit less which makes a lot of sense but um i was promised a lot of math so I'm very excited to see <laughs> what Joe comes um, up with. I'm, I'm I'm expecting I'm expecting graphs, and formulas, things that I will not be able to read through. Perfect. That sounds great. 
<laughs> no, I'm actually really excited about it for sure. And he also mentioned, yes, I'm going on vacation next week. I'm saving it for the end of the show, but there will be no episode next week. That's all. Okay, great. Thanks for the voicemail, Joe. Let's go to DeFi-E. Hi, Chris and Kyle. This is DeFi-E250 checking in for Team voicemail i neglected to send my voicemail correctly last week but the main thing to note from that one was that i met my goal of getting a shiny lily pup not one but two it only took me 1602 encounters my goals for this upcoming week are completing the hoenn celebration research the hoenn collection challenge and also to get about 400,000 experience points, I did the math and I need about 400,000 experience a week to re- complete level 48 by the end of 2021. So I'm going to work on that slow and steady wins the race. So my goal number for this upcoming week is to reach 102 million experience points total. My gosh. My question for the two of you is something I've been working on with my students. It's been a big conversation. What is going to be your word for 2021? So instead of a resolution, like losing weight or something that's kind of easy to forget about in a month, what is going to be kind of your North Star word for 2021? Mine, for example, is intentionality. How about the two of you? That's a really uh, meta question. The North Star word? Yeah, something that will help you gu- it will help guide your behavior and your intention for the year. Uh, oh man. I've got mine. If you need a minute, go ahead. All right, my word for 2021 is going to be no. I'm very bad at telling people no. I'm really bad at at telling setting limits and boundaries for myself. Uh, this vacation next week is going to be just so I can get some time alone just because I don't feel like I have a lot of time to myself. Uh, even though on paper, I think I do. It just is a mindset thing. And so this year, I'm really going to start trying to live with that in a healthier way and and set limits and boundaries where they need to be in the interest of my own personal health. I think my word for 2021 is follow through. I tend to start things or commit to things or say I'm going to commit to things and then not follow through whether it's something I want to do or not so I just want to keep that in mind going through the rest of the year I just want you to know by the way that that yeah. is very difficult for everybody so I, hope I feel like that's but a like specific but personal it, failing I mean yeah but like I'm talking small things like I really want to go get this for dinner on Saturday because it's my day off. But then Saturday comes and I just like don't want to leave the house, even though I still really want to have that for dinner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like that's a, that's a little like insignificant example of how it kind of is in my life. All right. So I'm going to be saying no and you're going to be saying yes a lot more. Well, I'm going to be saying do it. Gonna yeah, chan- yeah. Channel my inner Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. <laughs> don't let your dreams be dreams, Kyle. Yes. All right. Thank you for the voicemail there, DeFi. And this last one is from Mick the Marvel. Greetings, gentlemen. Mick the Marvel here, representing Team Voicemail. Team Team Voicemail! All right. So, first off, to answer this week's PokePool question, I absolutely love the different region um, collection events that are going on. It is oddly satisfying for me to see the little icons get checked off. And not only that, but on top of 
just that that completionist euphoria that I I get. I'm really enjoying that the spawn rates are changing. The, the the spawning Pokemon are changing quite regularly. It just helps keep the 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 evening walks and whatever you know whenever I'm I'm going around doing my Pokemon Go thing, it keeps it fresh. So I think it's fantastic. I hope they continue to do it um, and maybe switch up which Pokemon are spotlighted from the different regions. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I want to ask you guys this this question, totally not Pokemon-related, but I'm wondering what's something that it seems like everybody loves that you dislike? So, for me, everybody seems to love Disney and oh. wants to go to, to Disneyland or Disney World or, or whatever, I have zero desire to do that. Part of that might be because I hate large crowds. Um, I know That's a good we reason. call it the happiest place on earth, but I really have zero desire to go there. I'd rather spend that money and, I don't know, maybe buy a car or something like that. Yeah. Uh, very unpopular amongst most everybody, but... Curious what what it is for you guys, something that everyone seems to love that you really just care less about. Anyway, uh, enjoy next week. Enjoy the rest. Enjoy uh, you know some your families and uh, your friends and whatever it is that you're doing. So I will uh, check in with you guys in two weeks. All right, all right, Mister Kyle. This one should be easy for you. What's the, what's something? Yes, I'm positive. Okay. All right. We could even narrow it down by categories and you would still have an easy time with this. (laughs) If I said food, he'd be like, okay, well, do you have all, how much time you got? You know, stuff like that. So we'll let you, we'll let you set a good example. You go ahead. Feeling very attacked right now. (laughs) But this is because I know you really well. (laughs) But my answer is going to be food because it's it's, it's an easy one to give. Um, first off, <laughs> my girlfriend doesn't watch this show anymore, so I feel safe saying this. Don't anybody okay. tell her. Rice. What? I think rice is so overrated. Like but- I don't like I don't I don't hate it. That's that's I don't hate it. But I just I don't understand why everyone's like, yeah, rice. I just don't get it. I don't think people are like falling over themselves being like, oh, man, I love rice. Rice. Oh, man. Fried rice. Yeah. And I was like, no. Oh, well, yeah. Like fried, like different types of rice. No, it doesn't matter. Like straight up. Okay. Well, have you tried it with a bunch of different things? Uh, I mean, I've tried it with a variety of things. Yeah. As as I've lived. (laughs) And it just doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't. You know, over, over the last 20 Seven years, I have had more than just plain rice. <laughs> All right, okay, I think just, that qualifies. I just, I just don't get it. That's that's fair enough. I I understand. Uh, you're not understanding. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Uh, for me, it's I think it's well, it's kind of sports in general, but football in particular. Uh, I just don't get the hype. Oh, I so, oh my God, I so agree with that. If I wasn't going to do food, that would be my answer too. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I think it's, uh, I don't know. It's boring. I don't think it's boring. I think there's things to be interested in, in it. I think Mm -hmm. the game is complex and and very 
interesting tool. But I mean, like the science is out a lot of issues with concussions this year in particular. They've had a lot of illnesses related to the pandemic that they yeah. probably yeah. they probably just like don't play football for a year. You know, like those no, are the sorts of that. things. It's a billion dollar industry. Right. And I know. And that's what I'm saying is I think it's success leads the NFL to make a lot of questionable decisions sometimes, but they do a lot of good charity work as well. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm just down on them in general. I just don't understand the, the hype about the sport is really what I'm getting at. I um, think just to, to weigh in on that as well, football is so like complex and interesting, but watching it is so dull. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, I think it's it, interesting if interesting things are happening. I would be so interested if I could watch football with no timeouts. Yeah. Increase the length of how long the, the clock is, like whatever each quarter, each half is, sorry. Mm-hmm. And don't let them have any timeouts. You you get tackled, you have to be on that line. You have to know your next play immediately. I don't want to see no 15 minutes of thinking. <laughs> It'd be so much <laughs> more interesting. Strategic. Okay, I'm going to come to football's defense here. There's a no, lot of strategy. No, no, but strategy happens fast. You should be able to strategize fast. That's part of the game. Uh, have you ever tried to organize a, a large group of more than three people to do anything? They get paid millions of dollars. Those large group of people are usually doing it for free. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but they also did just get tackled by, you know, the semi truck equivalent of a human being. <laughs> they're paid. They're paid to get tackled. It's okay. Yeah, they get tackled every day easier. in practice. That doesn't make it easier, dude. They're still getting <laughs> slammed around. Oh, man. Look at you. You got me defending the thing that I'm like, I don't get this. <laughs> it's oh, it's my, my specialty. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anyway, I could sit here and talk about how much I don't understand sports all day. But there we go. Thank you for the voicemail there, Mick. An interesting question. That brings us to the email portion of our email section. This first one is from Sam. Hey, guys, Sam here from New Zealand. Love listening to you guys while I'm at work, grinding the day away. Response to collection challenges. I say make them hard. In New Zealand, COVID-19 is pretty much a thing in the past. But when the world has gotten past the pandemic, I would like to see the collection challenges acquire a bit more exploration. I like the inclusion of the shadows as it gave me a reason to check the grunts or try to find stops with a grunt, even if I didn't battle them. Hiding encounters behind a research task, raid, or other way of catching will make the metal that much sweeter to obtain. It is a collection challenge, right? Anyway, keep up the quality content. Sam, well, you might be getting your wish now because it looks like Plusle and Minum are pretty much behind research rewards, and that's pretty much it from the sounds of it. What if so? What if the <laughs> have you gotten one yet? No, neither what of if, them. What if or the one you get is shiny? I just need one, and I—that's a risk. I have to—I have to run. I can't—I <laughs> can't avoid it. Yeah. So, yep. If I catch if I catch a shiny plusle, I have to quit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll be looking for a it. new uh, new co-host. Everybody. Co-host. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you never hear from me again, it's not because anything bad happened outside of me catching another shiny plusle. Yep. A mining <laughs> welcome, by the way. Plusle, yeah, yeah. No, no thanks. But anyway, thanks, Sam. Appreciate the email. Next email is from Mitchell. And they said, hey, GoCast, my name is Mitchell. Not to be confused with Mitch, who seemingly writes in for every episode. He does. Oh, it's not seemingly. Yeah, <laughs> that's just true. And I've been listening to your podcast for about a year and a half now. But this is my first time writing into you guys. Just a little bit about me. I started playing Pokemon Go at release. 
but only played for about a week. I picked it up again about a year and a half ago, right around the time I started listening to your podcast. I'm currently level 34, really close to 35. But anyway, I have a couple points I'd like to bring up. First off, the Sinnoh Collection Challenge. I was trying to complete it for the entire duration of the challenge, but I still couldn't get it done. I spun every rocket stop I saw and battled every balloon I could find. I never once found a Shadow Stunky. I also never saw a Kranidos. He never even popped up in the nearby Pokemon. Secondly, I agree with the guy from last week who said Obstagoon isn't great. As good what? as he is in battle, he's ugly. What? I'm, oh, no. Uh, offended. I think there are many other Pokemon that would have benefited more from adding a third evolution to them, such as Fungus, Bonsly, Mischievous, or even Shroomus. <laughs> well, we're going to just have to agree to disagree because Linoon was desperately in need of that third evolution. Yeah. Even though you both like Obstagoon, how would you feel if another two evolution Pokemon got a third evolution instead? Either in my short list or someone else. <laughs> anyway, bug types suck and ghosts rule. Until no. next time. Later, go cast. No. <laughs> I mean, bug types are pretty bad, but. But they're cool. to the question, Chris. Yeah. What would you say about a Pokemon that is only a two stage getting a third stage currently? All right. Well, okay. Hear, hear me out when you're going through that list really quick there and yeah it's a shroomish i'm like oh man into breloom into something else what would that look like they <laughs> more legs less arms somehow <laughs> <laughs> yes um, you know i'm not entirely sure i i think fungus a, a third evolution to the fungus line would be cool be fungus amungus for real gus yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um well, I'm going to first say I think Bonsai Sudowoodo and Mischievous and Miss Magius are perfectly serviceable lines. Like those, that's a good ending. They don't need more. Are you sure? I yes. think Sudowoodo could use it. He he could. I wouldn't be upset about it, but he's not going to be a one I would pick if I were to think of one. Yeah. I would be far more interested in seeing single evolution Pokemon getting, single stage Pokemon getting an evolution. Those are far oh, yeah. more interesting to me. Like which one comes to mind? Kangaskhan comes to Ooh, mind. That's a good one. Like it got a mega, which was really cool, but another evolution would be pretty cool. Ooh, what about Dunsparce? Yeah, I mean Dunsparce is like it's another one of those. It's like, what is this Pokemon even doing? It needs an evolution. It screams evolution. Yeah. And it just doesn't. There, there's a lot of single stage ones, I think are prime for an evolution, even if they do a Galarian, you know, alternate evolution like they did for Abstagoon or they did for Mr. Rhyme, for example. So uh, if the question is, how would you feel about another two evolution Pokemon getting a third evolution instead? Uh, how about just all of them? All of them need them. I'm here for more evolutions all the time. Yeah, absolutely. As long as they do the Pokemon justice, I am fine with adding evolutions to existing lines. Yep, it's it's good. I love it when they add types, when they change types. That stuff is always really dynamic and very interesting. I think that they did they hit a home run with the regional variants as well in that regard. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's good, good stuff. But anyway, thank you for the email there, Mitchell, not Mitch, but Mitchell. This next one's from Javon. What is up, my podcast brothers? What's going on? In last week's episode, there was a question in an email from a listener named Lizzie. 
how would you rank the four different iterations of Pokemon, not including the manga? It got me thinking of my connection to the game, and I'd like to share it. Fourth for me is the TCG. I'm a bit older, so I remember what Pokemon cards at the U.S., and they were all over school. Oh, yeah. I was thoroughly intrigued by them, but my mother would not let me play with them because they are from the devil. My rebuttal of, <laughs> they're not from the devil, they're Japanese, mom, did not convince her. So I watched the other kids play. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Third for me are the games. Of course, I could not play at home, but I mainly played video games when I visited my dad. The problem was neither he nor my brothers thought Pokemon was cool. When I got older and married, my wife bought me a Game Boy Color and gold or silver. One of those two, I suppose. Then soon after, well, we had kids. Adult life kind of crowded gaming out. That's fair enough. Yeah. Second for... Second for me is the anime. When I was younger, I would go to my grandma's house and watch it with my cousins. After I restarted playing Go, I started watching Sun and Moon, and then I went back and rewatched season one. As a grown man, I have no problem saying Ash Ketchum is my hero. Oh, I love that. <laughs> In every situation, he finds the grain of positivity to build a mountain of hope on. It is an ability I wish I had, and the connection the characters have, friend and foe alike, is the most beautiful thing. First, of course, is Pokemon Go. Mom, man, it is the first time I've been able to fully immerse myself in something I have had to love from the sidelines. It is the first time I have been able to enjoy it with other people. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Thanks for the question, Lizzie. And may everyone continue to be the very best like no one ever was. Oh, that was a nice heartfelt message. I feel like a lot of people liked Pokemon when they were younger, went away and then came back in a big way with Go. I feel like that's pretty relatable. A hundred percent yeah 100 love it thanks for the email there javon next email is from richard and they said hey crocker rock and syndiquil <laughs> how you doing oh this the week before last week i sent the email late so gonna send it early this week not much happened this week i did get a package of nano dots like those tiny magnet balls <gasps> oh the ones you can like make like sculpture out of them, uh, sculptures out of and stuff Oh, yeah, that's right. And then you just like crush them with your fists and they just feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I cooked some spaghetti and meatballs with tomato sauce all by myself. Nice. I powered up some of my four stars. Now, talking about Machop, I got 10 shinies. Should have set a Machop goal. I think 100,000 stardust, but I spent some powering up my shadow Machop, hopefully. I evolved my shadow Machop. Oh, yeah. There you go. Going to try it in Great League and then power it up. Got a shiny Machamp, a three-star Machamp, and one from a trade. Also have a shiny Machoke that I might try out in Great League if I decide to use the Shadow for raids. Nice. That's like a good plan. Mm-hmm. Goals. Noel Sprite for a week. Yep. Drank apple juice instead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good for you. I'd there never you go. Make it. Get my Houndoom to 2,500 CP. Yep. No rare candy involved. Best buddies with one of my friends. Yep, my friend was five days away and we barely did it. Now I'm best buddies with my brother and another player. But this week's goals, get two Groudon and two Kyogre, at least for the research. Complete the research for Rayquaza. Never ever catch another Snivy except Shiny. No, you got it backwards. <laughs> eat Kit Kat, eat a Kit Kat Chris way. Yeah, buddy. One. Yeah. Catch 10 raid bosses. Doesn't have to be legendary. 100,000 Stardust, three battles per day. I'm going to assume that's Go Battle League. All right. See you later, Crazy. <laughs> Richard. 
Chrysal? Chrysal? No, it's, it's crazy. Crazy. It's crazy. But there's an L at the end. What? Oh, I think that's... Oh, cra- oh, I thought it was an exclamation mark. No, 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 no. You got to bring the energy level down. It's crazel. Oh, yeah, it is crazel. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, a.k.a. the guy that purifies a shadow just for when the mega comes out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. Well, good luck on your goals. I kind of like how the, there's some synergy there, especially between the first two. Get two Groudon and two Kyogre for the research and then complete that research for Rayquaza. That's nice. That's real nice. Hopefully you don't finish the Kit Kat goal. Okay, here's the thing. What? Okay, if you want to eat a Kit Kat the Chris way, all you have to do is not eat it the way that it was intended to be eaten. It doesn't matter. Any other way works. I it's said, fine. <laughs> we have a we have a channel in our Discord called How's Life, and I had some Kit Kats at work, so I took a picture of the Kit Kats broken apart, and then with a bite taken out of one of them, and sent it saying the proper way. <laughs> Well, Somebody work? said something like, I don't see the fork and knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that did happen. Oh man. But oh, yeah. guys. Anyway, Richie, thank you for the email. Appreciate it. This last one is from Mitch, as it normally is. Hello, Chris Katat and Licky Lickyle. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good ones. Give you a second to process those names. Oh, the process. We laughed. All right. I'm at school. Woohoo! Bunch of Pokestops. I have this strange dynamic where when I'm home, I wish I'm at school. When I'm at school, I wish I was home. For one thing, it'll be great to be on campus for Kanto Tour. I had a strange Machop community. I played it in an extremely rural town in Oklahoma, but not before trying to trade with Village of Wolves. I was out of range, sadly. Ooh. Next time. Ended up playing at Washita Battlefield National Historical Site. A lot of stops in historical significance. Camping level luck. You shall see old goals, 30 shiny Machop. Yes, 38 and a hundo oh, nice. killer 296 Machop XL candy. Yes, already maxed up my four star best buddy Machamp to 50 final level 47 requirement. One million experience. Yes, handily 150k over. Do I need to set harder goals? Maybe. Yes, let's let's do it, Mitch. Here you go. New goals. 1000 additional stuff spun <sighs> for platinum backpacker metal. 2 million experience is 600 mega Ampharos energy. I'm growing out my hair, so I look like mega Ampharos too. <laughs> Thanks for another great episode. Shiny vibes all. Cook's gravy. Mitch, Harry, super player, extreme. He, he only said Cook's gravy. I, I feel like I should clarify. He didn't put all these titles <laughs> at the end. We just fill them in because we know he meant them. But anyway, yeah. hey, well, good. Good luck on your goals. A thousand additional stop spun for platinum backpacker metal. Are those unique? Or are those just stop spun? I think they're just stop spun. Just stop right? spun. It's just that's right. I always re- I can't remember which one. That's is, but a lot. Of, that of is stops. a ton. That is an absolute ton of stops. Oh man, yeah, it's fifty thousand poke stops. Oh my I'm at, god, I'm at thirty three point five thousand, so I'm very far away. Man, uh, Mitch, you're killing it. I'm at 17,009. Wow. Wow. You got to start playing Pokemon Go, Kyle. I think you'd really enjoy it. I'd like to I'd like to probably comment that probably 10,000 of those Pokestops were from when I lived on a Pokestop. <laughs> it's just the same one 7,000 times. 7,000 times. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks for the email mitch uh maybe you'll have chance in the future to hook up and trade with village of wolves It'd be pretty cool um but i love that you found a, another place to play that's pretty cool 
historical site, Nido Magneto. All right, that brings us to the end of the email section. If you would like to send us an email or voicemail to your listener like these fine folks did, you can send a voicemail over to 262-586-7717, or you can send an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can visit our website for all things GoCast related at gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, our most active social media account at GoCastPodcast. Like us on Facebook. Just search for the GoCast Podcast and you'll find us. If you'd like to help support the show monetarily and also there's a one-way ticket to our uh, Discord server, you can go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCastPodcast. Discord access is at the minimum level of $1 a month, but there are also other things available for other tiers, but $1 a month for the Discord. Shout out to our elite trainer tier supporters, Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zach Walker, Splinteris, Andrew, Chad, Robert, and Lori. Thank you very, very much for your generous contributions and patronage. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks for keeping the digital lights on, so to speak. <laughs> if monetary support is not your thing or just not in the cards for you and you'd still like to help support the show, well, first of all, thanks for listening, especially if you're this far in the show. My goodness. Thank you very much. But you can also, and it takes like less than a minute to do, please leave us a review on your favorite podcatcher like Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or the like, except for Spotify, of course, and leave us a review. It helps us out a ton and it's free for you to do. So please, if you could consider, that'd be amazing. Mr. Kyle. Yeah. We're at the end of the show. We are. I'm thinking of a five letter word. Starts with the G. And it ends with an Oles. Oh, dang. I thought we were talking about gills. No, it's goals, baby. Let's set some goals. Gills. Okay. That was a good one. I was like, is he going to think of anything to say right now? Gills is a good one. I was hoping you would say ends with an S and then I would say that and it would no. be better. But no, that the, the joke is to make it obvious. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. All right, Mr. Kyle, what are you setting for this week? All right. So. Uh, nothing too crazy. I want to finish the celebration research as well as the okay. collection challenge because I didn't. Do oh, the this last is collection. Challenge. This is actually goals for two weeks because we're not having an episode next week. OK, well, you're asking a little too much for me, but we'll try. OK, <laughs> so for sure, the the Hoenn celebration and collection. OK. And since it's two weeks, then 35 battles in Go Battle League per week. And. Does it shift over to Ultra League by the time we record next? I don't think so, right? Does it? Mm, um, I don't. If it think does, so. I'm going to suffer through it anyways. I'll just have to power up some new Pokemon, maybe. Okay. But, and then I guess also this Johto one as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna have that collection challenge done. Wait, no, that's going to start the day we record, isn't it? No, that's yeah. No, you're good. It's next week. As well as I want to get a usable Meganium for Great League and maybe Ultra League. We'll see about that one. Because I basically don't have one. Okay. Sounds good. So those four goals? Yes. All right. Sounds good. For myself, I've got some some grinding goals because the place I'm going for vacation next week, I chose strategically to be a populated area with plenty of stops and, and gyms so I could... Just kind of disconnect from the world and go out and just do some good old fashioned pogo therapy. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I want to have two million extra experience from where we are right now. So I would like to show up 
in two weeks with 71.5 million experience under my belt total. Wow. Yes, sir. And then up to 3 million stardust in my inventory. I'm sitting at 2.23 right now. So it's pretty doable if I just don't spend a whole lot. And I just spent a ton on a champ and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we should be okay. 50 kilometers, at least one of the two weeks for Adventure Sync. I'd really like to do that. I'm hope. Okay, I'm trying to walk a lot on vacation. I hope that was clear. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to hatch 100 eggs. Okay. Uh, over two weeks. So that's 50, that's 50 eggs a week. I'm currently sitting at 6,676 eggs. So 100 eggs would be 67. So just under 6,800 eggs hatched total. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Those are the goals. All right, Kyle, we did it. Yeah. The, the show again. We, we got to stop doing this. We got to stop meeting like this at the end <laughs> of the show, you know? All right, cool. We'll see you in two weeks for episode 129. Uh, good luck on the rest of your Hoenn research. Good luck on the incense day. Good luck with your mega Ampharosee, Pharisees, Ampharosees, Ampharosees, and good luck with your Johto celebration week. We'll see you on the other side. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.